Welcome to the Bread of Life. I'm Joe Van Hoogen, the Director of Church Partnership Evangelism and the Bible Teacher at the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. To learn more about our work to make Christ known to the nations or our ministry in your community, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Today we continue a consideration of the prayer that God answers from the example of Elijah's prayer on Mount Carmel. God heard a prayer there that rose before a sacrifice, a prayer that claimed God's promises, and as we learn today, a prayer that was infused with God's own passion for His glory. James chapter 5 verse 16 says this, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And the idea is that the prayer of a person that has been energized by passion is something that accomplishes something or brings forth the fruit of the thing it seeks. But it's actually more than that because the word there for the energized prayer of passion, it's not you drumming up your excitement and your enthusiasm when you pray. The word there, energized, is a word that in which passively this energy is working upon the person that's praying. In other words, the idea is that they have been impassioned or they have been energized in their prayer, in their fervent prayer. And the energy didn't come from themselves. It came from the Holy Spirit. It was the Spirit of God responding to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and accepting it. It's the Spirit of God praying out and delighting in the promises of God. It's the Spirit of God searching out and longing for the fulfillment of the will of God being poured into the heart of the one who's praying and being reflected back to God with fervency and passion and desire. And so when Elijah prays, he is filled with passion, but it's not first from a drawing of his own desires. It's not something in which he had a dream that he wanted. You know, he had a passionate dream for his life that he wanted fulfilled, that he wouldn't be denied. It, it was a passion that originated in the heart of God. And he was praying out, out of this passion that the Holy Spirit had put upon him. The desire, the prayer, began with God himself. You think about it for a second. Every prayer that God receives and God hears begins with God's own desire and God's own passion. When a person pours out their heart in confession for their sin and calls upon God to forgive them through Jesus Christ alone, that prayer, that wonderful, sweet, sublime prayer did not begin with them. It began with the heart of God. It was God's desire. It was God's design. It was God's passion. When you come to moments in your life and you fall before God in complete and absolute surrender, asking Him to once again forgive you and cleanse you and reaching out to Him to receive from Him only what is through the merits of Jesus Christ alone and saying, I surrender all, fully surrendered. When you pray that prayer with deep longing and truth before God, it didn't originate with you what the Spirit of God was longing for. It's what the Spirit of God was groaning over you. It was something that was energizing you by God Himself. When you pray for lost people, you pray, oh God, raise up harvesters to go out into the harvest field to bring people to you. It was Jesus who said, pray the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers. That's God's desire. That's the Holy Spirit's desire. And when you pray that way, and you pray it with passion, it's not your passion, it's His. When a man smites his chest and says, Oh God, be merciful to me. What's happening that very moment is God is pouring into him his passion for him. 
his great longing that that man might know and find and seek his mercy only. What do we say to all this? Get into your heart the promises of God and then add to it God's passions, the Spirit's passions. Here's what we see God is passionate about. The first thing that Elijah expresses is he's passionate for the fame of God's own name. He says, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel. This is the heart of the true prophet. They're disturbed that God's name is not being honored and not being glorified, that it's being defamed by people's rebellion and resistance to him. And the the prophet longs that God's name would be exalted before all the people, that God would be glorified and worshipped and adored above all things. The Lord Jesus, on the night before he went to the cross, prayed. John chapter 17, you'll see the prayer. And the prayer begins, Father, glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. I want you to be glorified. I want you to be exalted. The great desire that the one who you have your hand upon as you pray, his great overriding desire, the great impulse and desire of the Spirit, is that there might be honor and glory given to God alone in all things. That's the purpose of all of life, that God would be glorified. It was the passion of Elijah in his prayer. It's the passion of every prayer that has been put into effect by the Holy Spirit. The deep, overriding passion of that prayer is God's glory, for God to be glorified. When you pray over that job or your health or when you pray for your salvation or the salvation of your children or when you pray over your country, what motivates that prayer? What's the overriding passion that designs and directs and guides that prayer? Well, it It's supposed to be a desire. It's meant to be, and God would put it in you if you'd seek it, a desire and a longing to see God honored and loved and worshipped and adored. The very one that you have your hand upon, that he might be exalted and seen as all and glorified. Passionate for that. Here's another passion. Elijah is passionate for the people of God the people that God would have for himself. He says, Hear, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. So here is another selfless aspect of the passion of Elijah's prayer. His heart went out to the hardened masses that were before him, the very ones who he said, You pray to your God and I'll pray to mine. And they cried out to their Baal and Baal didn't answer. And then he sought God to turn their hearts back to him again. He wanted God to bend them and break them and turn them and then take them back into his own arms. So when you pray, is there something behind your prayer that's filled with compassion and passion for others? You want them to be brought to God, near to God's goodness, near to God's forgiveness, near to God's grace. There are even times, by the way, when we pray against evil men and women who are bringing destruction upon the earth, but even there, our hearts and our minds have to be with God, seeking and desiring those whom God is searching for to win to Himself. There's this overriding passion that people might be brought to God and to know His mercy and grace. Here's the third passion we see here. Interestingly enough, it's a passion for God's ministry or service. He says, Let it be known this day that you are God in Israel 
and that I am your servant, and that I've done all these things at your word. Elijah here is praying for himself. But even in this, it's not necessarily a selfish prayer. It's a passion that behind all that he's doing, his service and his submission and his obedience to God might be expressed and fulfilled and kept. The calling of God upon his life might be honored and recognized. Here's another question for you. When you pray for your needs, when you pray for the cares that are upon your life, when you pray for the concerns that are dealing with your daily life, are you wanting just ease? Are you wanting just comfort? Are you wanting the elimination of stress from your life? Are you wanting just some wish fulfillment in your life? Or do you have a passion to be equipped and enabled and established in the service of God with your life? Do you see that God has called upon you a direction in your life to as this old man who mentored me for years used to say to me over and over again, Joel, the great quest of your life needs, you need to be pursuing your maximum impact for God. You need to be determining how it is that you can most effectively use for God and His glory and His gospel. Now when you pray, when you pray for yourself and your needs, underneath it, is the Spirit kindling within you a great desire and longing that you might finish the task that God has given to you with honor so that Christ alone might be glorified and whatever crown He gives you may be laid at His feet? God, help me to be faithful. Help me to endure. Help me to be true to you. Help me to finish this race. Help me to do this work. Give me victory here. Give me a win here. Help me to endure and be patient. Help me to serve you. Let it be known this day, Lord God, that I am your servant and I have done all these things according to your word. Let me be, by your grace, obedient to you. These are the passions that you cannot, in your own human power, stir up. But they're the passions that the Holy Spirit fills the born-again child of God with. And the authors within us, a passion for God's glory, a passion for the deliverance of those who are lost that God would claim, a passion to keep and fulfill the, the service and the calling that God has placed upon our lives. And they inform our prayers where we claim the promises of God before the altar of our Savior Jesus Christ. And when we pray that way, we can pray with confidence and we can expect an answer. I want to encourage you, moms and dads, to get a hold of this kind of praying in your life. I want to encourage you to establish an altar in your home where you bring your children before such prayers. Do you say in Jesus' name after you bless the food? Good. Keep your hand there a little bit longer and pray for something more than just the food. And lead your children to confident prayer that God has declared he works through and he renders his sovereign power through it. Let's bow our heads. Lord, we see the life of Elijah and we see a man who is not restrained 
in any way by your declarations and your promises to turn back upon you all these things without any response in his part in prayer. But a person who understands very clearly that your sovereign hand works through our surrender to you in prayer and a crying out to you through those prayers, for so you have decreed and so you have determined. Our nation, our community, our families suffer from the lack of our prayers. And then we suffer from prayers that are prayed out upon our own needs and desires for our own sake and not for yours. And from prayers that we pray somehow claiming merit in ourself. God forgive us. Bring us completely and totally back to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Nothing to claim of ourselves. No good in ourselves. No justification for the answer of our request in ourselves. But in your Son, our sacrifice, the perfect one. And in all the promises that you have given to us through Him alone. And in the life... Well, thank you for listening to the Ministry of the Bread of Life. To learn more about our ministry, let me suggest you go to one of two websites. First, go to traincpe.org, traincpe.org, to learn more about the work we're doing all over the world to equip and engage the body of Christ in personal evangelism, discipleship, and church planting. Or to learn about our work in your community, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, God bless you.